the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. That was a real privilege to have Jason Beersley in studio with us. I hope you learned a lot from it. I hope you, most of all, were motivated by the fact that you can help our service men and women who have sacrificed so much. I mean, really, the, the most difficult thing to sacrifice is not money. It's your time. And uh, Scripture says, uh, Greater love hath no man that he would lay down his life for his brother. Of course, that happens all too often in the military where someone has to give their life, literally, uh, in service to their country. But it is also personified by the fact that people serve their country and lay aside what is going on in their life and elevate, prioritize serving their country to do it. So it's inspiring for me to be around people like Jason, like the people in that room today at the breakfast. And uh, my fondest hope would be that you would support the agendas that uh, they are getting done, the initiatives that they are getting done. And one of those, of course, is the event that they have June 24th, Sip, Smoke, Shoot. It's a great fundraiser for the Association of the U.S. Navy. So check out their website, ausn.org, and make that happen. To update you on a couple of stories that are going on uh, out there apart from military matters, told you yesterday about the story involving Patrice Cullors, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, and the criticism that BLM is taking for the purchase of a $6.2 million, 6,500-square-foot mansion in uh, Southern California, secretly purchased with BLM donation funds. Um, She, of course, says that the criticism of this purchase is racist and that anyone who would dare to question why she, having already purchased, what, four homes for $3.2 million, why she would need to have a $6.2 million home, Uh, Well, they're racist. Now, uh, of course, it is not racist to ask such questions, nor is it racist to ask Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and I'm according that honor to her in advance of her being finalized, but she will be finalized today in the Senate, I have no doubt, because of turncoats like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski. Uh, By the way, did you know Lisa Murkowski did not vote for Amy Coney Barrett, but did vote for or will vote for Ketanji Brown-Jackson? Mitt Romney did not vote for Ketanji Brown-Jackson to be confirmed to the uh, district court in Washington, D.C., because he said she did not have the right perspective. But 13 months later, he says that she has proved herself to have the right perspective to be on the Supreme Court. I'm assuming he did not know when he voted no that she has a litany of soft sentences of child pornographers. But now that he does know that, because it came up throughout the Senate hearings, which, of course, bringing that up was, according to Dick Durbin, racist. Daring to question a judge on their judicial record is racist. 
<laughs> it is when the judge is a black woman, although is she a woman? She can't tell you whether she is or is not. But Romney's voting for her. Murkowski is voting for her. So she will be confirmed. Now, I just want to say one thing about sexual predators and child pornography. I think we all have this idea in our head when we hear the term child pornography that it involves pictures, images of underage children, uh, naked or whatever. Like porn, I just think that's, I mean, that's kind of been my perception over there. Pornography is printed material that depicts uh, people in, um, you know, in uh, various stages of undress or in compromising positions. But you have to think about it a little bit more to understand the heinous nature of child pornography in that it often depicts either in still photographs or moving pictures what are crimes against children that can be as young as infants. It's difficult for me to demonstrate this fully at an hour on a show where I'm trying to be respectful of the fact that you may have underage ears in your car. But these are young children who are being horrifically assaulted in a sexual way by adults, which is then captured in photographs or on film, which is then distributed to people who gain gratification from watching it. And Katanji Brown-Jackson would have you believe that the internet has made it so easy to access this kind of filth and smut and evil that we should be exceedingly tolerant of people who simply view these things online. The reason why these kinds of crimes must be punished severely is because the demand for such images, the creation of such images, must be eradicated from our society to protect children. It is, of course, criminal to view such images. But you cannot view such images unless those images exist, unless those images are created. So a part of eradicating those images from all public view is to banish the creation of those images. And that is why people who engage in that must be punished much, much, much more severely than Katanji Brown Jackson would do so. It's not racist to question her on her record, nor is it racist to wonder why millions of dollars in funds given to the Black Lives Matter movement, which ostensibly is done to protect black lives, although certainly not in inner city neighborhoods because we've seen crime rates spike since Black Lives Matter became a fundraising behemoth If they are prioritizing the preservation of black lives in inner city neighborhoods, they are failing at it in epic fashion. But the people who are on the front lines of this pyramid scheme are sure getting rich over it and sure living large because of it. So Patrice Cullors says this is racist.
to dare to question why she and her fellow founders of Black Lives Matter would be tipping their champagne glasses poolside at a $6.2 million L.A. mansion. Here's Vivek Ramswani on the BLM hustle. I think that if you want to see the face of the Black Lives Matter movement, look no further than that mansion, that multi-million dollar mansion, and the price tag on it. This is a financial racket, and it would appear to me, reading the facts, that it seems like somebody who was doing work for BLM was using the vehicle of the BLM nonprofit movement and corporate shell and entity to be able to enrich themselves personally. But is this surprising, Bill? Absolutely, it's not. This is how the woke industrial complex plays its game. You and I have talked about it before. They pretend to care about social justice when, in fact, enhancing profit and power for themselves. But they have a new weapon at their disposal. It is the R word. There is no greater damnation in modern America than to be called a racist. So when given the choice between being tarred with that scarlet R and being quiet, everyday Americans are actually forced into submission to stay quiet, even though there are actually very important questions to be asked. And actually, if you think about who's actually betraying black lives or using black lives in favor of enriching themselves, I'd put the BLM movement at the top of that list. And that's why we need to see a distinction between actually standing up as a voice for social justice and actually standing up as a vehicle for self-enrichment. Now, he's right. Uh, He's only wrong in the fact that uh, being called a racist is not a new weapon. He says it's a new weapon. It's not a new weapon. It's been a uh, oft-used weapon of the left for a long, long time. And, of course, they never stop to look at the logic of their position because, well, that would be an unending search since their positions often have no logic. And in this case, I would say, how can we be a racist country if being called a racist is, as he said, the scarlet R? Would a racist country truly care about being called A racist country. Do you think KKK members in Mississippi and other southern states in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s really cared if they were called racist? I don't think so. The label did not bother them at all. But today the label bothers people. It doesn't bother me because I know I'm not a racist. I subscribe to the scripture that says there's neither... Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus, so I just will call out inconsistencies, uh, untruths, in a way that color to me is completely irrelevant. Uh, I find it to be racist itself in this constant striving for, well, this particular award has to go to a black person. We're going to reserve this for a Hispanic person. We're going to give this to an Asian person so that we're not racist. No, if you're discriminating, favoring, or marginalizing on the basis of race, you are, in fact, the racist. You are. So to plead, as Democrats do on behalf of Ketanji Brown-Jackson, or as Patrice Cullors does on behalf of herself, That she is beyond criticism, above criticism. You can't dare ask me because I have the R factor, not the racist factor, the R factor, the insulation of my race from criticism. Well, that means you are 
what you claim to despise. So, as I say all the time, you must be impervious to the labels that are hurled at you because you have truth on your side. Truth is the ultimate defense. You have to be able to articulate that truth because you know what you believe and because you know why you believe it. Great day to have Jane Timken in studio, U.S. Senate candidate, and also Jason Beardsley of the Association of the U.S. Navy in studio, AUSN.org is Jason's site to help veterans, particularly those in the maritime services, but he'll steer you to the right uh, service if you are Air Force or U.S. Army. Need not worry about that. Jane Timken's website, Jane Timken, I had it written down here, Jane Timken, Ohio, I believe, Jane Timken for Ohio. She has an event tomorrow, Delaware County, GOP, 9 a.m., a Back the Blue rally for Jane Timken. So, uh, good to have in-studio guests get their perspective and allow you to hear it and make up your mind in the case of the Republican Senate race. We've had Josh Mandel on, J.D. Vance one visit, J.D.'s welcome back, Matt Dolan's welcome, and of course Mike Gibbons is welcome back. I think we've had Mike once or twice, so that's a very consequential race. You've got to pick a great candidate, make sure Tim Ryan is not elected, and then two years from now we take aim at uh, mop-headed Sherrod Brown. We'll see how that one comes out, because by then, we'll be picking a new president, and the Republicans will have dominated, hopefully, in the midterms, and hopefully we can start to get this country turned back around to where it should be. Tiger Woods playing at the Masters today, and he had a little bit of an adventure on the first hole, but he saved par. He just birdied the sixth hole, so he's one under par. He is one shot off the lead. So uh, that will be a major, major news item for a lot of people today. Tiger Woods at the Masters. Of course, we have more consequential matters to talk about, like Hunter Biden's computer. Yes, Hunter Biden's computer. New York Post headline today, uh, Father Knows Worst. Joe Biden has been sticking with the claim that he knew nothing, nothing. He's Sergeant Schultz when it comes to Hunter Biden's business dealings. Now, now I ask you, we had reports yesterday that Joe Biden, an email confirms, Joe Biden wrote a letter of recommendation for a student hoping to get into Brown University. Brown University, Ivy League school, tough to get in. Why did Joe Biden take an interest in this student? Well, because he was asked to take an interest in this student and advocate on behalf of the student by his son, Hunter Biden. Who was the student? The student was the son of a Chinese energy company executive. Now, let's give you the uh, role play that you're Joe Biden for a second, okay? And your son comes to you and says, hey, dad, would you write a letter of recommendation for my friend so-and-so? He's trying to get into the Ivy League. His grade's not quite up to snuff, but, 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 but a letter from you, dad, from the former vice president of the United States would go a long way toward getting him into Brown University. Now, if you're Joe Biden, you'd probably say, sure, I'd be happy to. Tell me about him, right? Tell me about him. How do you know him? Wouldn't that be a reasonable question to ask? How do you know this young man, Hunter? Uh, Yeah, well, I just know. It is inconceivable, implausible, and unbelievable that Joe Biden did not know that Hunter Biden met this guy through a Chinese energy 
executive. Since Joe Biden is photographed with Hunter and some of these same energy executives from either China or Russia. It is also inconceivable, unbelievable, and incomprehensible that Joe Biden would expect us all to be so stupid that Hunter Biden could fly to China on Air Force Two when Joe Biden was vice president, that Hunter could then meet with Chinese energy company executives and get a deal whereby he was paid thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, and fly back on Air Force Two. And Joe Biden would never say, why do you want to go along with me on this trip? What did you do while I was stuck in that stupid diplomat meeting all day long? Didn't see you in the back. Weren't eating the rubber chicken that I was eating. Where were you? What were you doing? Just as a matter of conversation. By the way, son's a crack addict. Would you as a parent be just a teensy bit concerned if your drug addict son flew over to China with you on an official United States airplane and he vanished from your sight? I would want to know where he is. Apparently, Joe Biden didn't want to know. Well, the New York Post has a story today. Here's a dozen times Joe Biden played a role in his son Hunter's business dealings. Now, what will be interesting is, do we get a special counsel to investigate this? Because there's no way in the world that Merrick Garland's Justice Department can position itself as nonpartisan when it comes to investigating Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop. And Joe Biden's ties to Hunter Biden. So I've given you the recommendation letter. Um, Here's a quote from Joe Biden in 2019, New Yorker magazine. Hunter Biden acknowledged in that article that he and his dad once discussed his job on the board of a Ukrainian energy company, Burisma Holdings, which paid him 80 grand plus per month while Joe Biden was VP under Barack Obama. The quote from the article. From Hunter Biden, Dad said, I hope you know what you are doing, and I said, I do. That's confirmation from Hunter Biden that his dad's lying when he says he doesn't know any of Hunter Biden's business dealings. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.